quite like how it sort of says that um, the current flowing underneath us and all around us, and it can, it can sort of, life can feel a little bit like we're being dumped by waves sometimes, maybe too. So, yeah. Um, so Sean is really sorry that he's not here. He's really disappointed mostly, I think, that he missed out on mountain biking yesterday. And, um, and but he, yeah, he's really sad that he's not here and he says, I'm sorry. And, and, um, and I'm a little bit sorry too because it's been hard to kind of gather thoughts about this in this kind of quick amount of time. And um, I was spectacularly grumpy with Mike this morning, so, you know, um, and with myself, and there are so many um, thoughts that I have about this that I didn't kind of know where to start, and I haven't sort of figured out how to put it all together, and it's an overwhelming topic sometimes, eh? I also think it's really hard to lament on, in a beautiful spring-summer day when the world seems very peaceful out there, just in my line of vision. A little bit beyond that, maybe not so much. So, um, yeah, forgive me if this isn't very well put together or thought through. Um, one thing I really wanted to try and be is not moralistic, is not telling you how it should be, how we should feel, how we should act, how we should do this. And I think, um, Fern, you're talking about you, Sophie, and being in a refugee camp since 2014. It's heartbreaking. That's poor guy. And those people and all their stories. And I'm sorry, but I mean, as you know, we stand here and we're talking about this and we're thinking about this today. But people in this world, there's so much suffering and so much pain. And um, his story just reminds us that you know, there's precious, precious people. And the gift of lament is that we can go, why, God, what on earth are you doing? And the God that we know and trust and, and try and love somehow holds us in that space and is okay with us, expression of this deep pain. And I think expresses deep pain as well for the world around us. So this is where we are today. We're, going to look, we're looking at some of the ways that Jesus prayed in Luke's gospel. And we've looked at the times that he went away by himself in relationship with God, the loving parent, and God, the Holy Spirit, and the invitation for us for times of sacred solitude. And last week we spoke about the pattern of prayer that Jesus describes to his disciples and that we know as the Lord's Prayer, an invitation to care about those around us, to live justly and non-violently and a pattern of prayer to improvise that we can write and use as we speak to God. And today we're looking at Jesus using his culture's way of lamenting to God, of crying out to God in the midst of our pain and anger and the hopelessness that they, they see, were seeing and experiencing as a way of prayer. In the book of Psalms, Jesus' prayer book, the Jewish people's prayer book, Jesus would have read it, he would have listened to it, he would have said it and spoken it and learnt it and had his whole life soaked in it. About three quarters of these prayers are prayers of lament. And Walter Brueggemann writes that these are prayers of disorientation, prayers that say, not how, it's just not how I thought it would be. And where are you, God? Why are you doing nothing? They express the deep emotions of pain, of loss, of hopelessness, of fear, of frustration, of abandonment and anger. 
They express to God the reality of what life is like sometimes. They are deeply and brutally honest. And Jesus in Luke um, records some laments. He says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you kill the prophets and throw stones in order to kill those who are sent to you. Many times I have wanted to gather your people together. I have wanted to be like a hen who gathers her chicks under her wings. And you would not let me. Look, your house is empty. I tell you, you'll not see me again until you say, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Or later, as he approaches Jerusalem again, he sees the city and he begins to weep. And he says, I wish you had known today what would bring you peace. But now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come when your enemies will arrive. They will build a wall of dirt up against your city. They will surround you and close you in on every side. You didn't recognize the time when God came to you. So your enemies will smash you to the ground. They will destroy you and all the people inside your walls. They will not leave one stone on top of the other. And in Luke 22, when Jesus is crying out in the Garden of Gethsemane and says, if it's possible, take the suffering from me. God, take it away. Let me... Let me have an easier path. But then, says, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus is expressing the pain and sadness and longing he feels deep within him, using the Psalms as a guide and to give voice to what he is feeling. The people aren't getting the message that he is bringing, a message of peace and connection to the love of God, a message of relationship like he shares within the Trinity. You can hear the heartbreak in his words. They're not getting it. How much more can I show them? It is a loving Jesus weeping over the consequences of people choosing to shun the ways of God and embrace the ways of injustice and hatred, violence and unforgiveness. We can lament as individuals of the pain that we might be experiencing in our own lives. We can lament as a community for the pain we see around us. And we can lament as a humanity, as a whole of humanity, that all is not right in this world. And my goodness, that's something that we can do today when we look around our world and listen to the news. And we often aren't that good at it. And more often than not, I can see a few things that sort of seem to happen. One is that sometimes people squash it down and hold it all in, not willing to express it. You'd know the people who are like, it's all okay, we're good here. Or maybe people begin to express it and then try and tie it up and gather it in all quickly again with a, a, a trite phrase like, um, oh, well, everything happens for a reason or, oh, well, I must, you know, must just keep on going. And then sometimes, which is probably even worse, is that you see someone else shutting down someone, expressing their pain and someone else trying to give a nice, easy answer to kind of, I guess they're trying to help contain the pain that they're seeing being released. And the other thing I think is sometimes people can get stuck in that place of pain, in the pit of despair, and in a life that loses all hope or meaning. And the things that I've been thinking about lament, I really want to say with the deepest of compassion because each of these responses are really understandable. It's understandable that um, you try and squash it down and pretend it's not happening. 
it's understandable that um, we try and quickly make it all nice and okay again for someone. And it's understandable that we get stuck in pain and despair. I think one of the gifts of lament is that it can give us a, an ability to give healthy expression to our emotions. We know it's not good to squash everything down and to pretend it's not happening. And our bodies can't really handle that. It erupts at some point, whether in anger or in addiction or in deep pain and loss and inability to find a way through. The gift of lament is that we can say these things. And as a community, we can say them to each other and we can say them to God. I see it a lot when I work in the hospital, and I'm aware that the difficulty is I get to go and visit people, but it's just for a short time. But these people are in hospital maybe for a long time, and 24 hours can feel like a really long time in hospital because they keep waking you up. And, and if you're in pain, it's unbelievably hard to try and have to function and to, to, to live. And so I'm with these people and they often start by expressing this really deep pain of, you know, why, why is this happening to me? What is going on? And then they sort of seem to try and, you know, the old phrase, pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Oh, there's a bird. Look. Maybe we could open that door too. Let it have somewhere to fly out. Sorry, if you're scared of birds, you could hide in the bathrooms. I like birds, but you know. Yeah, the big one. Oh, oh, there it's gone out. Sorry, completely distracting. <laughs> and I see them, like that, pulling themselves up by their bootstraps and being like, oh, well, I guess that's just the way it is. Or maybe the universe is trying to teach me a lesson. Or everything happens for a reason. And in these moments, I feel really torn because I can see it's really self-protecting. And the hard stuff can feel too hard in that moment. And I can also see that there's a, a limited time frame. And if I leave a person and they're sitting in the pit of despair, that's not a helpful space either necessarily. But it often does shut down and shut down that deep, deep holding space of being real about what's going on. And I think we sit in that difficulty when we journey with people in these spaces. The dismissive words can just be a survival mechanism, and that's okay. I did, I think we can be a little brutal with our words too, sometimes, and I remember hearing a story after 9-11 that, um, and I, it might just be urban myth, but I remember reading it in some a kind of Christian website or magazine or something. It talked about how this person was saying that they they were saved and they were able to escape because the plane banked when it came into the towers. And this person was praising God because they were saved, and rightly so. They, if they were saved, they cannot even imagine that. The plane banking also killed more people and got further into the building and caused more structural damage. So more people died too. So how do we hold that, hey? How do we hold that? And how do we be careful about what words we use that pull a quick saying out that um, can undermine someone's experience? I think in the Psalms, some of the laments, they end with hope that somehow, some way, 
God is present and involved. And that's where I hope that, you know, that I hope that we can get to. That's a good place to get to, to hold the pain and the hope together, honestly. Some don't, though. Some it still leaves and finishes in a really dark, scary place. I wonder how people keep going in that space, how they keep stepping forward, keep doing the next day and the next day. And one of the ways I see the invitation of lament is that invitation to stand next to each other in our expressions of pain, to be companions, to be friends, to be community together. It might feel quite uncomfortable because we can feel really uncomfortable when someone's expressing such rawness. But there is something about standing alongside. And I do remember the first time that I noticed it at Islam was, was years ago in the old hall. And Chris Walker had stood up and said that he had cancer and he'd, they'd found it and then um, they'd found it and he was having an operation that next week. Like it was just in that in between. And he stood up and he said that at Barstool. And he's fine from cancer, so it's, it worked out okay. But I remember that after the service, just looking around the room, and there was Chris, and he was surrounded by, it was mostly guys, just a bunch of island guys, and they just were standing around with him. And they weren't, I'd, no one sort of did any big dramatic prayers or <laughs> laid hands on him or, no, you know, they just they were there, the presence was there. And I think that's something that we have, there's a gift that we have been given and that we give to each other, is that you'll often see after a barstool when someone shares that people just gather around them and stand with them. And that person maybe feels a tiny bit less alone or knows that they are loved and wanted and held. And maybe that's as good as we can do for each other. That's awesome. And that by holding in their love and their prayers, um, God is there too and in the midst of that pain. I wrote down the words um, when I was thinking about this to, to brother, sister, let me serve you. And um, I see that it is an invitation to us to let me be as Christ to you, to pray that I might have the strength to let you be my servant too, that we're pilgrims on this journey, we're family on the road, we're here to help each other to walk the mile and bear the load. And I will hold the Christ light for you in the nighttime of your fear. I will hold my hands out to you. Speak the peace you long to hear. And I will weep when you are weeping. When you laugh, I'll laugh with you. I will share your joys and sorrows till we've seen this journey through. And for me, that is the most beautiful and honest glimmer and expression of hope that we can do for each other. And I guess we stand here today just finishing my rambling thoughts, but that um, we wanted to have the opportunity to express some of the laments we, are, um, we have, that we see when we read the news that we're experiencing in our communities and that we're experiencing in our own lives. And we wanted to allow some space for us to be able to express these to God, to be honest about what's going on for us. And I, um, so I guess we're going to move 
to a time to lament together, even on this beautiful day. We've um, got a few different ways that you might like to participate in this. One is we're going to have a bit of time of quiet, and you might like to call out a few uh, things that, gosh, I only need to wash the news, things that you've seen or have been thinking about or things that are sitting heavy on your hearts. Then we're also going to have some music playing, and we've got about 10, 10 minutes to do this. There's going to be some music playing. There are post-it notes and pens and felts and paper up here that you might like to write or draw a prayer on. You might like to come stick it to the cross or around the bottom of the cross and um, or just hold it. Then we also have some water. And um, you might like to scoop some water with the, one of the little bowls out as your sort of your lament, and then pour it into the bowl at the foot of the cross as a sign of giving it to God. And there are also little bottles there that you might like to scoop some water and then take it away with you. Sometimes uh, laments might be too, too raw and too present to be able to leave them there right now. But there might be some time this week that you want to go and pour it out into your garden and as a kind of process of prayer and reflection. So, um, yeah, there's the water there. See anything else? So the prayers and readings and things on, along the, the windows, they are the same set on either side. So if you've done one side, you've seen, <laughs> that, seen that one. Um, and I've also got some um, images from news this week and in the last couple of weeks that's going to be up on the, on the um, screen. So there'll be a visual thing there. If you, if you don't want to... Be confronted by the Guardian, what's happened in the world this week, images and Al Jazeera and Radio New Zealand. You might want to look outside. <laughs> That's the truth. The other thing is that too, that if you are wanting just, if you need someone to sit with you, then wave to Shell or me or someone you know and trust and we can come and sit with you and pray with you. We can lament with you. We can just be with you. Um, so there are, don't, you know, too much of a hard space by yourself. And then somehow at the end of all this, we'll hold all this pain that we're feeling about this world, about stories in our lives, and then we can hold it into the, the care and the hands of the God who is present in these spaces, the God who gazes on us with love, and the God whose heart breaks as well. And so we can hold these things to God. So, um, yeah, I'd invite you to come into this space. And, oh, yeah, we'll have a bit of silence. And if you want to call out some things as a beginning of prayer. And then I'll...
you say that um, people don't leave their home unless the home is a barrel of a gun. And we think of um, Yusofi and Muhammad Jan and know that they are two among millions and millions of refugees who carry stories of fear and pain and who are waiting to find a place to be called home. invite you to have some time to reflect now. We pray God hear our prayer.
keep um, reading the prayers if you'd like to. Or, um, I wonder if anyone would like to come and share on Barstool something that they've been reflecting on or um, something that's been going on from them. And like we always say at Barstool, just it's okay if it's good news too, and it's okay if it's a lament or a 